It's time for Operation Freedom with your host, Dr. Dave Janda, on Southeast Michigan's conservative powerhouse, Wham Talk 1600. Welcome back to Operation Freedom, folks. I'm Dr. Dave Janda, broadcasting from our ancillary bunker, linked to our main freedom bunker in the People's Republic of Ann Arbor. We're here live for you every Sunday from 2 to 5 Eastern, also available 24-7 at DaveJanda.com. I'm getting quite a few emails uh, about folks uh, actually applauding the fact that at our top of the hour and bottom of the hour news breaks are no longer Fox-generated. Uh, yeah, well, it took me... It took me years. It took me years, and uh, gratefully, uh, Theronex uh, did what was needed, and we now have Town Hall doing our news breaks as opposed to the bought and paid for globalist cult tentacle Fox News. I have gotten immense grief for 12 and a half years since the inception of this show in telling you that Fox was part of the problem, not part of the answer, that they are bought and paid for by the cult. The Murdochs sit on the board of the Council on Foreign Relations, a globalist cult think and implementation tank. Well, people started to actually come around my way when they Fox was integrally involved in throwing the 2018 election by calling it for the the globalists early to influence vo voting that occurred on the West Coast. And then the 2020 election happened and how they threw it in Arizona and essentially was the key to shutting down five states. And then they got rid of Lou Dobbs. And then people started, you know, Jande has been saying this for years. And maybe he is. Well, then the Tucker thing happened. And as you know, I have issues with Tucker. I appreciate what he's done. But I do believe he presents information that myself and my next guest, Sarah Westall, and a number of other people in the independent media, we, we have uh, delved into the topics that – Tucker was talking about recently. We talked about those issues and dissected them for many years. So he was really late to the party, although at least he showed up. Uh, and also my concern obviously has been he goes a certain, just a certain way and then backs off. And, uh, and to me, that's called a limited hangout. Uh, he doesn't go all the way that we do in the independent media, but at least he went part of the way. So anyway, when Tucker got the heave ho, all of a sudden, um, well, folks decided, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to apologize to Janda, but I am going to say, by the way, uh, yeah, he was right and uh, uh, good. Uh, let's let's move. Well, the good news is in, on Wham Talk 1600, we moved away from everything Fox to now we have the town hall news breaks. My next guest, as I mentioned, is someone who's a freedom fighter extraordinaire with an incredible background. She's really a renaissance woman. You know, she uh, is a very successful, Sarah Westall, successful entrepreneur and business executive. And over the past 25 years, she created and developed multiple companies, and including a successful management and consulting firm. Uh, and in addition, she, uh, she has a computer science and business management systems degree from the College of Science and Engineering at the University of Minnesota with an emphasis in management information systems. 
Ysera started her career at the center of the internet revolution at U.S. West Communications, where she was promoted to eventually become director of the advanced networking group responsible for all of the systems design and development for Enterprise, the internet networking arm of U.S. West. She then took her experience in all these various fields and she became one of the forces, incredible positive forces in the freedom movement and in the independent media movement. Her website, sarahwestall.com, has incredible content. And I would like you and hope that you'll go there on a regular basis. It's my honor to welcome back Freedom's friend and our friend, Sarah Westall. Sarah, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. And congrats on changing that out of Fox News, doing all your reports. <laughs> yeah, That's a big deal. Well, so, so Sarah, uh, you know, you, you have also voiced your concern over the years on Fox. And, and, and so am I off on my assessment of Tucker Carlson? You know, okay, let's go. Okay, let's do this. But we're not giving him a standing ovation because, let's face it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's talking about issues many of us have been talking about for over a decade. And when he does talk about it, he goes 20% of the way when we've gone 100% of the way. Is that a, is that a false assessment? Yeah, I, I really have my concerns because I don't – maybe he was held back because he was at Fox News. Let's see what he does now. But uh, – he was entertaining because he said stuff in a very articulate, well-framed way. But you're absolutely right. They, they're they so excited about the fact that he covered something and people are like, oh, they covered it. It's like, well, we've been talking about it for 10 years or for at least five or maybe the COVID things. We've been talking about it since the beginning. It We have to get past these big conglomerates uh, covering it before people think it's real you got to get past that because that's holding you in a cage. And I, I don't know what to think about Tucker. We'll see. Maybe he, you know, my dad says, and he's right, everyone's not a bad guy everywhere, Sarah. You know, <laughs> sometimes like everybody's a bad guy. And he's like, it's just not true. And so we'll have to see it. But I agree with you 100%. And the way what happened after these elections, that's when I stopped watching. And I just said, okay, you can't behave this way and still be what you say you are because when it mattered for you to operate with integrity and be authentic you didn't and so you can do it when it doesn't matter but when it really matters they backed off and put the knives in the back and that's why i stopped watching them and so we'll see what they do going forward so talking about seeing what they do when they go forward i mentioned in your introduction sarah you have an incredible background in information technology so I want to run this by you. This past week, the White House names Kamala Harris. Now, this is not from The Onion. This is actually true. <laughs> uh, actually, when I first heard it, I actually thought it was. Uh, White House names Kamala Harris the artificial intelligence czar to, quote, save humanity from artificial intelligence. Here, here, here. The Biden regime, this from uh, Jim Hawk, the Biden regime revealed its plan to slow the development of artificial intelligence, okay, in response to mounting concerns that advancements in AI could replace humanity someday. She has been named AI czar and will be in charge of leading the initiative designed to protect humanity against artificial intelligence. Okay, Sarah. First of all, 
using Kamala Harris's name in within words of the word intelligence is a parody in of, of itself. But Sarah, your take on this? <laughs> I, you know, I start to wonder: Are they doing this on purpose to turn it into a joke, or are they? Because they're not serious. I mean, if you're serious about something, you put some people in charge or a person in charge who has that background, right? I mean, we saw how bad COVID and how they managed that was, but at least they had doctors in charge of some of this stuff or people who have had some health administration experience, you know? I mean, I don't. I don't even think she understands the fundamentals at all. Uh, there, she's had given no proof that she understands the fundamentals of this entire industry. So why would they put her in charge? And it, it makes it look like a complete joke. And in fact, the government is so far behind the eight ball in this whole industry. They don't have any, but most of Congress, most people in there don't understand what's going on. And it's going to affect absolutely, and it already has, Every single industry, every single human being on the planet is affected by this in so many ways, and we can talk about it. And everybody's just sitting there with their pants down because we don't have any, we have such few people that even understand what this whole area is all about and how it's affecting us. But putting her in charge is, I, I mean, it's laughable, right? I mean, it's the onion story. I mean, we saw what she did with the border. She was the best border czar <laughs> we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was great on the board. You know, interesting choice of words. I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying this, but not my. Hey, you're, you had an interesting choice of words when you said in the same sentence with Kamala Harris saying about having your pants down. Very interesting, Sarah. That was very, 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 very nice. <laughs> and that's, that's a sad commentary that the woman who's our vice president, instead of it being taken seriously, is trying to because there's. Uh, you've worked with many women who are great. I Absolutely. have, we all have. The fact that we have to have somebody that worked their way up through that method being put there is a slap in the face to all half of humanity. I completely agree with you. There are uh, m millions That's of right. more qualified, honest, ethical, intelligent women who could be in that position. And you know, Sarah, um, when when we look at this situation, I I agree with you. This is not a mistake. This is happening, right? I mean, they never put somebody in charge of something from the private sector that doesn't have the ties of being bought and paid for, right? I mean, you mentioned COVID. Okay, Fauci, Burks, Walensky, they don't. They're not boots on the ground docs. They're paper pushing docs. They're technocrats, bureaucrats, but they're but but they're administrators. They're not operators. That's and right. here we go again. You know, look. Well, this is even worse though because at least they were in the field. I mean, she doesn't even have. Right. <laughs> it's just a joke. Well, Sarah, and, and with your background in IT, so so many so as many people say because I, I I I've done a couple shows on AI. And people say, you know, Dave, you know, you're painting this picture that that it, it could be so deleterious and that there's significant downside with this if it if it's being used in the wrong manner by the wrong people. You know, Dave, that's fear porn. That it's really, even if it falls in the wrong hands, it really can't be that deleterious. Okay, Sarah, you're the person with the IT background. What's your take? 
I think it's worse than what most people think. Well, here's the deal. I think it's a combination of it being a psyop and real, a real threat. Mm-hmm. I think the you know, the whole human consciousness stuff and all, I think that gets people into kind of the, uh, it's not as serious. If you want to get into that area, look at what um, Elon Musk is doing with the Neuralink and attaching people's brains together and uh, controlling a computer. Now that gets really scary. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you, the real threat, it does, like my daughter, she's a senior, but both of my kids have computer engineering backgrounds and stuff. And she's a senior at the University of Minnesota Engineering School and their AI professor, she said a class today. And I, I like him for saying this. He said, whatever you've heard about AI, it's complete bunk. All that stuff, as far as I know, it's not true. And now he's not talking about it from the threat because it is a threat. And he said that he's talking about it in the way that people are talking about AI. But let's talk about what AI really can do. I mean, even before AI, machine learning, and that we could replace essentially almost every major job, many jobs out there, many, many jobs, from mail delivery, medical diagnostics, most doctors and pharmacists, uh, most service-related jobs, most people in the financial industry, so many jobs can be removed without AI. This is just machine learning. Now you move to AI where you have, see, so you have people programming this stuff and you can embed wrong logic and you're stuck with it. And now you have um, them controlling the next generations with social media. This is why I care so much about censorship and big tech because now we have these younger generations that are completely enmeshed in social media, controlled by computer algorithms and AI um, manipulating the way they think and what they do, and uh, it's completely manipulating them. The only people that aren't manipulated by this are the ones who can break out and not be brainwashed. We saw it with COVID, which was scary enough. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to see it with everything. I mean, they because the younger generations operate differently. They're completely online. And now you bring in like the advanced diagnostic tools of, you know, like Myers-Briggs or something, which is scary accurate in, in a lot of ways, but they're way better at it now. And there's way more data points because they can an- analyze every question, every answer, things you're searching. They psychologically know you better than you know yourself. Then they can put things in front of you that completely manipulate you based on those psychological profiles. This is very, very real and it's a, it's a serious real threat. And now you start talking about going to war, like the the whole trumped up U- Ukraine war. A lot, most of it was fabricated, and you know the the transgender stuff. This is a fabricated psyop, and I, you know, there's so much evidence to that, and and so they can use the social media co- to completely manipulate people on top of removing a lot of jobs. Now they can't remove creativity, the human creativity element. You cannot automate that. That's why you're not going to be able to automate all doctors and all, but you can cram people into a one size fits all scenario like they did with COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, how big of a threat is that? That was massive. It's the largest crime against humanity ever had that we've ever seen. And now you can do that on a mass scale with whatever disease and with everything. And they cram you into a one size fits all. If they automate all that stuff, remove the creative element and the thinking element of doctors that are going to say, wait a minute, this is wrong. So that's one threat that people can relate to because they just got done living through COVID. But now you can apply it to so many different industries and so many different things, and it becomes very, very scary. It becomes more scary when you can't 
opt out of it when you're mm-hmm. stuck with it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so it's an Orwellian um, control structure that we're going to be stuck with. Now, where it gets where a lot of they're talking what they're talking about. Well, they're just reacting to people. They don't care about that. They like that. That's what they're trying to create, what I just explained. Mm-hmm. But the, the other dangerous things is if there's an AI that's programmed mistakes, you know, programmed into it, of which you can't back out of. That right. can be very scary, too. And that isn't even AI. That, a lot of that is just basic, you know, computers, software that has been peripherated, can't even say that word, but widely implemented across society. That stuff can happen now. It's just taking a while for this to, you know, penetrate throughout. I mean, we talked about it in the early 90s, very real, where whole organizations went from 100 people to three people based mm-hmm. on automation. I mean, I saw that continuously. That stuff is occurring and, and will continue to occur and that in and of itself is something that is going to fundamentally impact society. So putting someone like Kamala Harris in charge of this stuff is a complete freaking joke. Well, and, <laughs> getting and, back to that. <laughs> and, well, Sarah, and, and we were warned, right, uh, many times. But in particular, one of the earliest warnings came in 1961 with the farewell address by Dwight David Eisenhower, the president at the time, when people remember it as the, well, identify identification of the military-industrial complex speech. Well, yeah, but he also said something else. He, he, he warned against becoming captive to a scientific – and technological elite. I want to play up that that portion of the clip and your take because he was telling us about what we ex- what we went through, we we're going to go through on a number of different planes including COVID, including what they're now trying to this whole AI issue. Let, let's play the clip clip Derek and then get Sarah's take. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. It is the task of statesmanship to mold, to balance, and to integrate these and other forces, new and old, within the principles of our democratic system, ever aiming toward the supreme goals of our free society. Your take, Sarah. He's exactly right, and that's what we're looking at: technocracy. And there, there. You know, I had some conversations with uh, Patrick Wood about I didn't understand COVID because it's it, the science wasn't right. So how could they be doing this if this? He said, but the, he goes, that is the science. The psyop is the science, getting people to believe in and implementing something that's wrong for their benefit for another agenda. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part. So. This transgender, for example, getting mm-hmm. all the social media, getting everything. They know the psychological profiles, how to manipulate people. And then they use pronouns to get people primed for that. And now you have quadrupling of transgender surgeries. You have whole manufactured industries. We have a, a crisis, as essentially a societal crisis. The priority is so low in our on our problem level, but now it's becoming a big problem. I mean, you wouldn't focus on transgenders, right? Right now when it's less than 1% of society, when we have an economic crisis and all these banking, you know, we're worse than 2008. We have all these issues and we're focusing on transgenderism. I mean, 
these are examples of how they can manipulate, especially with the young people, because it's happening with the young people, people in college. My kids are college age or just beyond that. So I get to talk to them a lot about what they're experiencing. They're the first generation who are completely enmeshed in the social media and what's happening. Plus, they have an extensive computer systems and um, engineering background so they can analyze things differently. And so we talk about it a lot. And all of this is a manufactured, these, are, these aren't uh, organic movements. These aren't organic. And that's what we need to understand. And we need people with integrity and people that have wisdom, true leaders to be helping us get ourselves out of this and re-engineering, if you will, society to a point that's pro-human and away from this nonsense that's being subjected on all of us. And they're using it, the social media, AI is, is more sophisticated software development, okay? And they're using this as, they're weaponizing it against us. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough that we can uh, automate everybody's job out of existence. It shouldn't be everybody's, there's creative. We could use it, it could be very extremely positive. But it's bad enough that they're not even, they're not thinking about that, this stuff. It's bad enough that we're having to deal with this and not, not taking a step back and analyzing it from a wise elder standpoint. This is where we can learn, learn off the Native Americans. You get your wiser people with experience figuring out these hard problems because this is a double-edged sword. It is either a beautiful technology that we can use to really advance human development, cure diseases, we could all be healthy, we could figure things out that are complex, or we can enslave ourselves. And when you have people who have don't have integrity, they don't have the well-meaning of humanity up there, mm-hmm. we're going to go towards the opposite direction of enslavement. And it's very scary. Sarah, in our last couple of minutes, educate our listeners in how how they can insulate themselves, protect themselves from these psychological operations that are being implemented by the globalist syndicate or globalist cult, as I call it. Well, first of all, you have to turn off the television. Don't yeah. listen to Fox News and all these other places, especially the MSNBCs of the world. The social media, be very careful at what you're watching on social media, what you're you know listening to, reading. Uh, be careful what search engines. Google's very controlled. We do a search, it takes you like 10 pages down before you find something that's reasonable. I mean, this is all by design. So you have to know what it is that's being subjected on all of us. And then the next part is get active in your, your local p- communities, your school boards. Make sure your kids aren't being indoctrinated into this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is very real. It's not an extreme. I am not an extreme. If you took people 20 years ago and plopped them here now, no. They would be like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And you got to get back to some basic common sense. This isn't an extreme view. We have to get back to basic human, what's good for humanity. And so people have to get involved in their local school boards. Pull your kids out of the public school if they're not willing to do what's good for them and for their this community that you live in. We have to make these actions and we have to make our voice heard. You know, people having um, rallies against human trafficking and, you know, at the border, those kinds of, that's great. Make your voice heard, but also get involved locally to make sure they don't do this to you and, and your kids and your grandkids. Sarah, in our, in our final minute, educate our listeners on how they can follow you on a daily basis, which is must do. 
Yeah, please go to sarahwestall.com, sign up for my newsletter. Also, I have a new Substack I've just been doing for the last couple of months at sarahwestall.substack.com. I write a lot more articles. It helps me kind of think through all this stuff. And um, I'm, you know, there's a lot there and I like to get the interaction that I get on that Substack because I can hear what people have to say and their opinions. And I take a lot of opinions to heart. And I know me and you talk quite a bit it, this is something that takes wisdom and people talking and figuring it out. And it's not going to just be one person. It's going to take all of us. Sarah, I'd like to thank you for everything you have done, are doing, and will do. SarahWestall.com. You're listening to Operation Freedom, folks.